Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, welcome to this Wednesday's Facebook Live with me, Charlotte Watts. And I want to discuss and explore a subject that is very close to me in terms of my own exploration in life, how I live life, and something I work with very much in consultations with people. As I've mentioned, I tend to specialise in stress, burnout, overwhelm. And also I tend to teach yoga in a way that I really need to experience myself, the antidote to busyness that I have always needed and what brought me to practice in the first place, which is to find space and to have an ability to be with myself, to be with silence and to be often with not doing and to be able to be in the space of letting things simply unfold. We have such a tendency in modern life to keep doing and to fill space, to fill silence with noise. I like to have the radio on, for instance, when I'm home, even sometimes working, but really actively look to switch off and be with space and silence. And we are very much used to information just coming in, coming in, coming in all the time. And it's not surprising then when we often feel these effects of so much stuff coming in, so little space in our lives and and also in our heads, it can be very overwhelming. Now, I'm very sensitive to that. I tend to be quite introvert by nature and feel a sense of overwhelm and uh, too much very quickly sometimes, depending on my stress levels. But often, classically for an introvert, I just do need those spaces between interactions with people, between information coming in, sometimes even between speaking my thoughts, time for reflection. And it's very much a characteristic and effect of the stress response to for things to be constricted, for them to become rigid rather than open. Part of the whole body stress response is for muscle to tense for us to draw everything in towards the center, ready for action and ready for forward motion. So whereas being in a state of rest, being in a state of openness and reflection allows us to naturally create space, to naturally drop into space, the stress response, the protective survival response actively, physically makes things rigid, tenses muscle ready for action, but also in terms of our headspace, closes things down, is actual feeling of few options. And we can really notice that, for instance, if we are under pressure, we do feel 
the effects of stress, that often it feels that there's only one way to do things, that it's imperative that we do that now. It doesn't feel like there is reflective time, that there are options to play with. So space gets closed down. And since this is so often part of our lives and so and we have this conditioning to achieve so much, it is very much part of our culture, our schooling. For many people, that is their work situation. How much can you get done in a ridiculously long day for many people? And many people are kind of doing the jobs of more than one person. That space is something that needs to be really honoured and respected as something that we find, something that we create for ourselves and that we drop back into. And one of the most obvious places for space that we would work with, say, in yoga, in mindfulness, in any conscious pursuit, is that place where the body and mind are always wanting to find space anyway. And that is the exhalation, the out-breath is space. It is by nature releasing. The inhalation is there to gather energy in, to gather in resources, and the exhalation balances us over to let go. So on every exhalation, potentially, we are letting go, we are releasing. The choice that we always have is whether we're conscious of that. And the breath is like many autonomic processes, many involuntary processes that when it's watched, when it's observed, it changes. It used to be believed that we could, we had no control over these involuntary processes at all, but loads of research, particularly into yogis and breath, have shown that we do have the capacity to change, to manipulate these autonomic processes. We can slow our heart rate down by paying attention and yes, some simple tools, but as much as anything, consciousness. So we can watch our the state of our breath to notice how much space we have in any given moment, how much potential for opening up expanse and freedom we have in every single exhalation which also means we can notice the reverse where we're holding on to breath or we are uh, dominating on the inhalation. We're breathing in over the end of the exhalation. It's such a common stress pattern to really dominate the, <gasps> the excitatory inhalation that kind of almost you know, can get to hyperventilation state. We can notice that, that we can make space. It is available to us. It is not something we need to make. It is there. And just noticing the end of the outbreath, the potential for us to go right to the end conclusion for the outbreath, not to force it, we don't have to make longer exhalations, but we can just notice where it is we can let go. And often that's letting go around here. It can be, you know, this, this area can be the hearts, that can be metaphorical, it can be actual in terms of letting go of muscles around here, even. Uh, massaging this area, letting go in the diaphragm and letting go so that we can drop down space into the belly. We can start to let everything drop down from the shoulders so that rigidity, lack of space we have up into the shoulders and the ears, which is physically part of the stress response to keep us energized, we can start to release down. And it's then that we can start to find space between thoughts. One of the things that's really characteristic of going into any kind of heightened state, hypervigilance, that's scanning the, our environment to check that we're okay, 
is that it has that it has continual input we're looking for information to be coming in all the time and we can get stuck in that mode and even when it seems that our mind is most racing that the monkeys are most chattery there are still spaces between thoughts and looking for the spaces and noticing where they are I mean we have the opportunity to open them up and this can start to really make us feel that there is that potential to come down if we're looking for space in quite a heightened state of anxiety and then there's the actual consciousness of making space through life, a more mindful way of living, if you like. And that is to recognize that actually to fill our waking hours with as much to do as possible, to fill our mind with more stuff coming in is actually exhausting. It's not what we were designed for. And a statistic I kind of like to roll out because I think it's pretty, it kind of says it all really if you like is that in the 14th century your average person would have got the same amount coming into their brains in a lifetime as is in one day's edition of the new york times and our expectation for the amount of stuff we should have coming in be it social media be it knowing about the state of affairs across the whole world our expectation of that is phenomenal as part of, for me personally, as part of when I needed to recover from a burnout, from adrenal fatigue, from that sense of overload, was to really walk away from current affairs. And I have a very kind of strict boundaries around things like notifications coming in for social media, for having really good guidelines in place. And when I engage and when I don't engage, there's definitely, definitely space and not having more information coming in a certain time at night. We don't need any more. What we need at night is the space to allow our nervous system to come down, to start to move into a place of rest and recovery and to bring more stuff in at that point simply means that we are taking, we're stealing away from quality of sleep, that place where we most need that R&R to be able to then move through life with least stress in the day. So space can also be the places that the, the kind of buffer points we make between these things of doing. And this is something I'm continually working on because I tend to leave the house or wherever I'm going just on the minute to get there. It's something I'm really trying to work at the moment that leave early. So there's no sense of kind of a stress to get there. And some point in time before you get there, you're not just rushing into the next thing. And it's a bit of a false economy to not make space between things or to not actually create breaks between things because our ability to concentrate, to focus, to get things done without mistakes and to make decisions that we actually believe in and feel true to ourselves really rely on our brain having periods of rest and periods of recovery and rejuvenation to really be able to come from a more creative, inspirational, imaginative, reflective place. And even if we're doing analytical work, we need that uh, level of space in our landscape for it to be able to see the bigger view, not just a kind of constricted viewpoint that comes from having stress involved. So space is 
absolutely necessary. And one of the ways that you often see our body try to make that is when we might kind of zone out. We might just sit and be be doing something and you find yourself kind of daydreaming. This often happens kind of four or five o'clock when we're going into a bit of kind of lull in terms of brain waves. That's a very natural point to be doing that. When your brain goes into a lull, let it. We're very, very used to kind of finding ways to keep going. And we might, because we often have so much to do, there might be a little panic in when we notice brain waves dipping into a place where they just want to go into you know, deeper, less, you know, more obviously connected to, get into, you know, the stuff we want to get done. When they want to go into that place, if we let them, then actually you find very naturally they come back up again, that your brain kind of, there's a lovely sense of reset and we might get a sense of new perspective at that time. But often when we do have so much to do and we do feel oversubscribed or overwhelmed, making space feels like it's something that we can't make a priority for. Even taking a little time to have a bit more space when we get up in the morning means that we don't feel that we're shooting ourselves out of a cannonball first thing in the morning. And then we can always try and play catch up with that feeling of being even like close to agitation. And like I said at the beginning, space when we're eating, space between mouthfuls, space as we're chewing, space to actually allow our digestive processes to fully engage, to fully nourish us, is a really crucial part of our whole energy regulation, our whole appetite regulation, and ultimately has us living life in a way that feels more enjoyable, has more space for joy and space for feeling easeful when we do come to times of fun. We can feel more present, particularly if we're not latching onto things that we should be doing. The other thing I just wanted to mention about space and is in the way that we communicate. And I tend to talk fast. It's why I'm quite deliberately actually slowing myself down right now. Um, I get excited about the ideas I have to get out. And there's a, there's a little bit of stress in doing these kind of public things. So there's a speed up that's quite natural when it comes to that. Um, one of the ways that we can notice if we tend to have gone into the stress response, if we our speech tends to speed up and deliberately slowing ourselves down, allowing our breath to come back into our belly as we speak, gives us that space between words. That means we can be heard. And that's reciprocal. So when we're listening to someone else, making the space for them to speak, to be heard, and for us to not simply be waiting to have our turn to put our opinion forward. So there's when there's space in the communication that we have giving and receiving, actually, we can feel that we're heard, we're listened to, and we're not, everyone's not just trying to solve each other's problems offer opinions but really there's the space to feel that we are fully communicating and that really gives us a sense of safety that allows a massive amount of calm in our lives so i'd love to hear from you about the ways that you do create space in your life if it's kind of like walking in nature if it's just taking yourself away and sitting you know it can be formal practices like meditation but also informal ones where you might just sit and look out the window or read or whatever it is that really you know, gives you a sense of release and space in your whole body. 
So hopefully this is something that we can continue. It's a massive theme here within this group for me, particularly in this, this calming. I will add up the link to my calm package just in case you haven't signed up to that because there's a somatic yoga practice, a 40 minute moving meditation practice that is incredibly spacious. So it's slow and it takes its time. And if you're a yogi and are used to doing a fast practice and getting lots of stuff done in that, it's also incredibly valuable to move to a practice, a complementary practice where you are, it's very much about being with ourselves and the space that's opening up. So that even if that kind of pushes your buttons a bit, that's good. Meet your samskaras for yogis who will know what that is and if you don't and would like to know post a question i will explain to you but enjoy finding space in your life and i'd love to hear any questions and comments from you take care